What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner, and I am fresh out the gym, got in a workout and had my post-workout. Of course, had to do the shake with the cereal. If you don't know, now you know. The post-workout cereal shake, that, like we should actually start a movement around this concept because it, it is so freaking delicious. What you do, if you're not familiar, after the gym, go home, make yourself a shake, do some almond milk, do some protein powder that you like, do some frozen strawberries and or bananas, and I throw in some creatine as well, blend it up to a nice thick consistency, and then take your favorite cereal and pour the protein shake over top. I use Three Wishes cereal just because it's a little bit more macro friendly, but I've also used like Rice Chex or Rice Krispies or even like Frosted Mini Wheats if I'm feeling a little, uh, you know, like I don't really care too much about macros. Uh, but it's it's honestly the most delicious and effective post-workout strategy. Uh, I feel like we should just, that should be a thing. The, the post-workout shake cereal should be a thing. It's not a thing yet, but we should make it a thing. Anyway, there's like this running joke in our community. If you're not in our Facebook group, you absolutely should join. It's called the Personality Diet and Neurotype Training. And this all started because of JK. Shout out to JK, who likes to give me shit for skipping leg day. And in reality, this was never a thing. This is how rumors get started. You know that game where you where you like say something? What's it called? Um, oh, my God. I'm drawing a blank on the game where you say something to the next person and the next person says it. And then by the end, the message is like completely butchered. Well, this was kind of similar where I think I said something to Mel and Mel said something to JK. And then JK was, was like, Oh, Mike doesn't like do legs. And then that became like a running joke in the community. And now everybody gives me shit for skipping leg day. So true to form, I was supposed to train legs today. And instead I trained back and biceps. So now it's a real thing. It was a rumor before, but now I'm creating because of the story. Now I have to live up to the fact that I don't like to do legs. Um, actually, this part was was real. Like I, I truly was thinking about, you know what? I have front squats today and that's the last thing that I want to do. And I asked Mel, what do you, what's your workout? And she was like, I have back and biceps. And I was like, well, I would much rather do that. Can I just do that workout with you? She said, of course. And then her oldest daughter joined and we had a great workout all together doing the same workout. So it was for a good cause. So I'm not saying that I necessarily skipped leg day without reason. Uh, maybe that's just my justification, whatever. I'm sticking to it. Back and biceps are just as important. My legs are fine. Damn it. I don't need to do it. I don't need to do two days a week of legs. I'm sticking with my rationalization. Anyway, what are we even talking about today? Um, I should probably add some value at some point during this show. Let's talk about three simple fat loss tips. That's what we're going to talk about. Uh, and this is actually not directly related to fat loss, which is cool because a lot of times your problem, yes, you. Your problem is that you spend too much time focusing on fat loss. I'm going to give you my, my top three tips of how to make fat loss easier 
without actually obsessing over fat loss. It's kind of funny. It's kind of like one of those paradoxical things where like the more you chase it, the harder it gets to catch it. You know what I'm saying? Like the more you focus on it, the more you obsess over it, the worse it gets. It's, it's like the concept of, of chasing happiness. When you're on this pursuit, when you always think that happiness is over there, right? Where is over there? It's just over there. And if I could do X, Y, Z thing, then I could track down happiness. But the more that you think that happiness is somewhere else, the more that it's always going to be like somewhere where you're not, right? Like if I always think that happiness is on the other side of 10 pounds or a new job or a new partner or a new whatever, it's never going to be where you are. If happiness is always somewhere else, it's never going to be where you are. So it's kind of one of these things with fat loss. It's this like paradoxical thing. The more you try to obsess and focus on fat loss, the harder it becomes to lose fat. So I'm going to explain in a little bit more detail. Uh, first, I have to let you know that we are rapidly growing this show and I appreciate it. So I want to keep that momentum going. It's kind of annoying to me. I don't know if you feel this way, but it's annoying to me that the only way to expand the audience here and to reach new people is by like rankings and algorithms and shit like that, that I have no control over. And even just saying this, I might not rank as high. I have no idea how it works, but I'm just going to try to play along and hopefully we can continue the growth that we're experiencing. So far, the only thing that I know to be true is that if you leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, it it seriously helps uh, rank this show higher in whatever fitness nutrition category. And then obviously, if you send the show to a friend or family member, then that's immediately getting a new listener, assuming that they like it and they're not like, why does this guy talk in circles and he never actually gets to the point and he goes on tangents and he doesn't even train legs? Why am I listening to him? That Which is valid. That's likely what happens to most of the people that you send this to. Um, and then also you can post this to your stories on Instagram. And so when you're listening to the podcast, you just take a screenshot and then you share it to your stories. You tag me on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And, and then I know who's listening. The other reason that you want to follow me on Instagram is because we are doing a giveaway and there wasn't enough time to announce the giveaway here uh, because I'm recording this on Friday and the giveaway ends on Sunday. It was something that I did with uh, Emma Montgomery. We partnered up. We did a $10,000 cash and prize giveaway and we're going to be announcing the winner on Monday night. This episode will go live on Monday morning. So there's really not much time and, and actually you can't apply for the, for the promo after Sunday. So the doors close on applications. We're giving away free coaching. We're giving away free training programs. We're giving away free supplements. We're giving away free challenge enrollments. And we've got some other things, of course, that we did not announce that are planned uh, in terms of just giving away more value. So that's another benefit to following on Instagram, because if you were either in the Facebook community or on my email list or following me on Instagram, you would have heard about the giveaway and you would have had a chance to enter and win. If you're solely relying on the podcast, I apologize. There was not enough time to have this um, 
ready and blasted out there. So unfortunately, you missed it if you were just relying on the podcast. But that's besides the point. I just wanted to let you know that there's there's value to following me in other platforms. And I just started posting on TikTok. I'm kind of embarrassed to say it, but if you're on TikTok, fine. I actually don't even know what my handle is on TikTok. That's how new this all is to me. Um, I am going to pull it up right now on my phone because I seriously, I'm sure it's just the same as it is on Instagram. Nope. Now you got this. <laughs> See, this is the problem. Now I've got sounds going off and all this craziness. What, like, what is this platform? It's insanity. Anyway, yes, it's at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner on TikTok as well. So follow me. I literally just started posting. And uh, apparently when you open the app, there's like babies and all sorts of weird shit. I have no idea. But what's funny about that is I asked Mel's oldest daughter, who is now 15. I probably asked her about three, maybe two years ago if I should start TikTok. And she was like, uh, no, you're too old for that. <laughs> and so I didn't. And now apparently that's that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to reach more people. I'm trying to impact more lives. I'm trying to do my part. Who knows? Um, I'm, I wish I could just stick to this tried and true platform of podcasting, which is my absolute favorite. So, man, we're, we're really, I'm on one today. So I guess I should get to the point. Um, let's talk about the, the three ways to simplify fat loss without obsessing over fat loss. Uh, you know, one of the things that's interesting is when you are stressing and obsessing over something, that's usually the bigger issue than whatever it is you're stressing about. Like, let me use an example. If you were to consider like right now eating a donut and imagine yourself in this moment, you're like, oh man, a donut sounds delicious, but I don't know. That's a lot of calories. I don't know if I could, I'm, I'm trying to get leaner. It's summer. I'm trying to wear less clothes. I'm trying to look better naked. I'm not sure if I could get away with that. And then you start to obsess and imagine like you're at this place or there's donuts at work or at your house. And you're like, do I really want this donut? And you start questioning and stressing, obsessing about it. it looks so good, but I don't know. I don't know if I can make it work. The stress that you're causing yourself by obsessing and overthinking the donut is worse than the donut itself. And trust me, when I say that the stress of obsessing about it is worse than the whatever 300 calories, even if it was a absolutely massive calorie packed donut, like a 600 calorie donut, still the stress is worse than the 600 calories. 600 calories in the grand scheme of things is nothing. Whereas stress and constant obsession and then feeling guilt and shame for eating the donut is much worse because then every other time that that happens, you're going to go through the same mental turmoil and processing of, oh my God, I can't believe I ate that. And then the next time, I don't know if I should eat that. I don't know if I can make it work. How do I stay dialed in on my macros? I don't even know what the macros are. What If I eat this, then I'm that I'm inconsistent and I'm never going to be successful, right? This whole running dialogue that you have inside your head, that, that voice inside your head is a bitch. Like tell that motherfucker to shut up and just eat the donut. If you want the donut, it's not a big deal. The stress is worse. And this is, and the reason why I'm saying that is because when it comes to fat loss, the stress that you're causing yourself by always focusing on fat loss is worse 
your, your, the obsession and the constant pursuit of fat loss is making it more difficult to lose fat. Just assess right now how much of your life has been spent trying to lose fat. When I talk to some of our clients, it's been, some of them will say my entire adult life. Some of them will say since I was like nine years old, we have clients who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, where like I've literally been dieting since nine. That is a long fucking time to be focused on fat loss. And by doing that, you're right. Like I said, it's paradoxical. You're by doing that, you're actually making it more difficult to lose fat. Like what percentage of your life at this point has been spent trying to get smaller, trying to lose fat, trying to eat less, trying to exercise more. And, and this isn't to make you feel bad. This is just to assess what is it's not right, wrong, good, bad. It just is. If 50% of your life has been spent trying to lose fat, that's not good, bad, right, wrong. It just is. Now, it can make it and has made it likely more difficult for you to lose body fat. That's okay. That's okay because it's not game over, right? It's not the end of, end of the world. It's not like, oh my God, I can never be successful. We're just trying to create awareness. And then once we have awareness, we can take action. A lot of times we believe that awareness is where it ends. And I've, I have absolutely been a victim of this. I have been as guilty as anybody at this exact point that I'm about to make, which is just being aware is only step one and doesn't actually fix anything. You still have to take the action steps to change. Okay. So if you're not taking the action steps to change and you're aware, you haven't done anything. You're still in the same place. We're trying to create awareness so that you can take action. But again, like a lot of times I'll see people who are aware of particular patterns or destructive behaviors or self-sabotage or the fact that they can't make progress on their own and they've been trying on their own for a very long time. They're like, yes, I'm aware. I've been doing this on my own for a really long time and I have not been successful. I'm not where I want to be and it's frustrating and I'm tired of it. And it's like, great, we have this thing called coaching. It's this thing where we get you the results you want every single time you want it. And we guarantee it and we make it happen. And then it's like, eh, I'm going to keep trying on my own. Okay, so you're aware that you can't do it on your own, but you're not at the point of, of taking action to change. So you're always going to end up getting the same result because just being aware is not enough. Or that awareness will lead you to take a step so you kind of feel good about yourself. You're like, I took this step. I, I scheduled a call about coaching. So I took a step. I checked a box. But you didn't actually do anything to change. It was just one step to make yourself feel like, okay, I took an action, but you really didn't. And only you can be honest with yourself about that. If you're aware, but then you're not taking the action to change, that's a problem. And I said, like, I'm saying this from coming from a person who has done this plenty of times where I've been aware of something and I, I didn't do any, like, I was like, okay, great. Like pat myself on the back. I'm aware. I know the issue that I'm facing. I know the problem that I'm facing. I'm aware of it. 
And then you feel good. You're like, okay, I recognize this pattern. It feels good to be aware, but then that's it. Like a lot of times you'll just, that's it. I'm done, but you're not like, that's just the beginning. That's step one. Step two is you actually have to take action to change it. So how do we do that? Because the amount of time that you've spent trying to lose fat has made it more difficult to lose fat. And you may think that's crazy, but let me, let me like walk through the specifics. The more you obsess over fat loss, the more stress you're causing. The more you actually pursue fat loss through eating less and exercising more, the more stress you're causing. When your body is under an immense amount of stress chronically, it will fight tooth and nail to preserve stored energy. Stored energy equals body fat. So when you are under chronic stress, your body is going to fight to restore or to preserve, I'm sorry, stored energy, preserve body fat. Why? Because chronic stress to your body and metabolism equals famine. And if there's not enough food, energy, nutrients coming in, then you want to rely on stored energy. But if we get rid of all of our stored energy, we die. So your body wants to keep you alive. So it's going to do things. It's going to adapt. It's going to downregulate your metabolic rate. It's going to do funky things with your hormones so that you don't get rid of all of your stored energy, making it easier to starve to death, right? So the more body fat that I have, the longer I can live in this state of quote unquote famine. Always think about it that way. Chronic stress in any form, your body registers as famine, not enough food coming in, even if there is enough food coming in. It's fucked up, but that's the hardware that we have. That's the operating system that we've evolved with and it hasn't changed. So thousands of years ago, chronic stress, the only source of chronic stress was famine, lack of nutrients coming in, lack of energy, lack of food. Now we have chronic stress in all different forms, but all stress is created equal. Your body doesn't know the difference. So it's just like, oh shit, chronic stress equals famine. The, the processes of downregulation of metabolic rate, of thyroid, of sex hormones, suppressing immune system, all the things that happen as a result of that, it's the same thing that we've been dealing with since we have existed on this planet. Okay. It hasn't changed. The operating system hasn't changed. So when you're constantly stressing about fat loss, when you're constantly pursuing fat loss, you are now making it more difficult to actually lose body fat. Um, it was funny because last night, Mel and Mel had, um, sorry, Mel's daughter had a couple friends over and um, they're like getting into to lifting weights, which is great. I told you she worked out with us today. She's 15. Um, her and, and Mel's middle child, her son, like they're really getting into strength training, which I love at that. I'm, I'm literally envious because I wish I got into it at that age. Uh, I was a very, very late bloomer. But anyway, um, her, her and her friends were talking and they were like, Mike, do you follow this like traditional bulking and cutting thing? Like we see all the gym bros doing, I'm sure they're talking about TikTok videos because that's, that's what they use for information. So they're like, you know, all these gym bros talk about bulking and cutting. Do you do that? And I was laughing and I was like, no, like at this point I stay around maintenance 
And um, I only cut or pursue fat loss for like very rare occasions, like a photo shoot. And then Mel and I were talking and she was like, I don't, have you ever bulked? I can't remember a time that you've actually bulked. And it reminded me of a year that I spent um, actually trying to build muscle. I'm not sure if I'm going to call it like a full on bulk. It wasn't because, and I'm only saying this because it's, it's just language, right? When, when you hear the word bulk, at least when I do, I think, I do think of gym bros who eat way too much and gain way too much body fat. So it wasn't a bulk in that regard. It was like, let's try to build as much muscle as possible while staying lean, um, which meant that I had to eat a significant amount of calories more than I thought I was capable of. Um, it was a huge, huge turning point in my life uh, when it comes to when it came to my physical results. I would say the two biggest moments for me uh, have been number one, uh, finding the connection between personality and training and nutrition and lifestyle. And that was Christian Thibodeau, who was one of my early mentors, who really opened my eyes and completely transformed my ability to make progress going from somebody who was a diet hopper, who would jump from program to program, constantly spinning my wheels, feeling like I was broken to somebody who was making insane progress because of the power of understanding my personality and how that applied to my training, nutrition, and lifestyle. And then number two is this, this year, like um, shout out to Brian Cron. He was my coach through that full year and beyond. And um, he really helped me put on, like get he, he helped me put on significant muscle and get very lean. But more importantly, he helped me to get over my mindset hurdle of eating more and actually trying to build muscle. Because every time I would do it on my own, I would see the scale hit a number and I'd be like, oh shit. And I would immediately cut calories. I would immediately drop back down. And I was in that pattern of like knowing I needed to build up my maintenance numbers knowing I needed to build some muscle if I wanted to look better. I just could not mentally get over the hump of seeing the scale go up. And I needed a coach. And I knew, like, finally, because I'm stubborn, I knew, you know what? I've been doing this on my own. I've been spinning my wheels. I've wasted so much time and energy and frustration. I'm going to make the investment. And no, it's not cheap. And it wasn't because I had the money. Like this was important to me. It was a priority. And I knew that the investment would pay for itself many times over. So I don't want you start, you know, don't start thinking of all the excuses that pop up in your head as to why your situation is different. It's just a matter of understanding your priorities and the importance and, and what it means to you and knowing that the investment will pay for itself many times over. So that was the place I was in. I was like, I can't do this on my own. I'm in this pattern. I'm in this cycle. I'm sick of it. So I invested in the coach and uh, completely changed what I imagined was possible. I was stronger. I ate more calories than I thought I could, which was fun. I had so much energy. I was sleeping like a champ. My physique changed. Like I was noticing weekly changes in my progress pictures. And I was actually getting leaner as the scale was going up. That number that I was talking about for me, it was like, once I hit 185, I used to do this and Mel, Mel can attest to this. She could tell you how crazy I am. I used to hit 185 on the scale and I would literally cut and slash my calories until I got back down to 180 or below every single time. It didn't matter 
what I was doing or what I like where I was in my life. If I hit that number, I would freak the fuck out. Like, oh shit, I'm getting fat. I have to fix it. And it was a horrible, horrible cycle. Working with Brian for that year, building muscle, I was in the 190s and leaner than I was at 180. And then I did a cut with him for a photo shoot two summers ago. It was an amazing photo shoot, one of my favorites that I've done because I got to do it with my puppies, Leia and Press. And it was for a calendar, which was really funny. Um, so I was on this calendar called Hunks for Hunks and Hounds or Hunks for Hounds or something. I don't know. But it was raising money for an animal shelter. And uh, it was a really cool thing. And I went into that photo shoot, probably the leanest I've ever been in my life. And I was like right around 184. So essentially, my oh fuck number became my lean as fuck number, which is insane. Um, and, and the reason why this story is important is because I got there without obsessing or intentionally pursuing fat loss with the exception of six weeks. So the entire year and beyond, I was not focused at all on losing fat and I got leaner and my improved my physique and my body composition. And then because I was doing a photo shoot, we took six dedicated weeks. That's it. Of fat loss. And it was easy and it was efficient. And I came in the leanest I've ever been. So once I removed the focus from fat loss, which was something over the last decade, over that, like the previous decade, I'd probably spent 80% of the time worrying about fat loss, feeling like I was in this constant state of panic and I need to be leaner. I need to lose more fat. And then I would rebound and gain it back. And I was in this vicious cycle of always circling back to fat loss. Once I removed the focus from that thing I was trying to achieve, it, it changed everything. It unlocked everything that I was looking for. So my top three tips, number one should be obvious, focus on building muscle. Like actually focus. Now, here's the thing. You might say to yourself, I don't want to get bulky. I don't want big muscles. I don't want XYZ look, whatever it is that you're telling yourself, it's okay to feel that way. Pursue it anyway, because here's the thing. You're not going to get bulky. You're not just going to wake up and build massive muscles, but the act of eating and training to build muscle and get stronger will improve your body composition like you've never seen. Now it requires you to get over that mental hurdle. That was the sticking point for me. The sticking point for me was getting over the mental hurdle of seeing the scale go up. Now, I'm not saying that the scale has to go up. I'm saying that for me, it did. We have clients. We take them on a muscle building journey. The scale doesn't always go up. Sometimes it goes down. Sometimes it stays the same. Sometimes it goes up a little bit. Everybody's different. The bottom line is we're keeping tabs on progress so that if the scale is going up, you can still see that your physique is getting better. Okay? That's the important thing because every time I say that and somebody hears, oh my God, scale up? No way, I'm out. Okay, great. Then, then keep starving yourself and keep pursuing fat loss for the rest of your life and see how that works out. 
Or you can be open-minded and realize that if you want a different result, you might have to take a different approach. So spend some time trying to build muscle. You'll realize, first of all, that building muscle is really fucking hard. So the fear of getting bulkier all of a sudden looking like a bodybuilder, it's not going to happen. You have to put in tons and tons of dedication and hard work to get to that point. But go through the process of, of actually trying to build muscle, eating to build muscle, training to build muscle, recovering to build muscle, and it will change your body. So that's number one. Number two, build your metabolism. Every time that you diet, you move yourself further away from homeostasis. Every time, every time you slash calories, you move yourself away from homeostasis. Now, the good thing is your metabolism is adaptive and reactive. So even though you are doing some damage internally, your body will also adapt if you send a different signal. Okay. It's, it's pretty damn resilient, but you can't just continue to hammer away at your metabolism and, and expect there to be zero consequences. So if you have a history of chronic dieting, guess what? You've made fat loss more difficult for yourself. It is what it is. You can either use that as an excuse or you can accept it as your reality and do it anyway. Just because it's more difficult, that doesn't mean it can't be done. And by the way, you did it. Take responsibility. Okay. So when you put your body in this constant state of stress, that is treating your metabolism like shit. Eating less, being in a calorie deficit, restricting certain foods, that is a stress on the body. Exercise is a stress on the body. And we know damn well you have stressors all over, you know, across the board in your life. We know that you have stress in your personal life, with your family, work, whatever it may be. You have a lot of stressors in your life. So the constant pursuit of fat loss is just adding fuel to that stressful fire and it is damaging your metabolism. It's moving you further away from homeostatic balance every time you do it. That's why we want to be intentional and we want it to be short in duration, short and to the point. But if we spend most of the time focusing on our metabolism, focusing on metabolic support, magic happens. Like actually, we, <laughs> that's probably one of the most common phrases that our clients use when they're working with us. What is this magic? And the answer is, it's not magic. It's your fucking metabolism that you've been treating like shit for your entire life. Now, all of a sudden, we're showing it some love and shocker, you're responding really well to it. So how do we show our metabolism some love? We call this our metabolic priming phase. Effectively, you want to eat enough calories to support your activity, to support your stress levels. Remember, chronic stress, it's effectively a recovery debt, and your body is going to preserve stored body fat to keep you alive. When we remove some of that stress in the form of not being in a, cal a calorie deficit all the time, now your body feels safe and it's more willing to let go of that fat. Um, eat enough protein to maintain your muscle. Also important for your metabolism to get in enough protein. Walk more to support recovery, hormonal balance, stress relief, and it's going to burn more calories. Walking 
is like the single greatest tool in the toolbox that you can utilize. It is beneficial for so many reasons, too many to list here. Um, avoid overdoing the intensity for like hit classes or too much cardio because you don't want to become too efficient with calories. When you become too efficient with calories, you have to constantly do more work to get the same calorie burn, which is not a good place to be. Prioritize strength training so you become inefficient with calories, aka burn more calories at rest. And then actually focus on high quality foods, less processed foods to support your hormone health, neurotransmitters, healthy digestion, energy levels, all of the vitamins and minerals that you need. If you struggle with food quality, invest in something like Organifi green juice to cover your bases, right? There's no reason that something like that should be a sticking point. We have resources available to make it simple. An insurance policy, Organifi Green Juice covers you on all of your veggie vitamin needs, right? All real ingredients, nothing artificial, all of the greens that you need. Drink it in the morning, first thing, and it's done. Now, that doesn't mean you don't eat real food throughout the day. It just means that you have that insurance policy and you're covered for all of your micronutrition. So you get yourself some green juice. You can get it for 20% off if you use code POPFAM. Go to Organifi.com, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash POPFAM, P-O-P-F-A-M. Use code POPFAM at checkout. Get 20% off. Utilize something like green juice. In the morning, use red juice as a pre-workout. Again, getting in servings of fruits and veggies and adaptogens, mushrooms. Um, use something like gold juice for your wind-down routine because we need to support stress relief. We need to uh, stress management. We need to support proper sleep. And that's going to be the last thing. But as a reminder, go to Organifi.com slash POPFAM. Use code POPFAM. Get 20% off all of their products. This is your insurance policy for high-quality foods, making sure that you get in the vitamins and minerals that your body needs to support healthy hormones, neurotransmitters, digestion, energy levels, things like that. So the last thing, tip number three, right? As a, as a recap, number one, building muscle. Number two, building your metabolism. And number three, set goals around sleep and stress management. And I know that people hate this one when I say it because, oh, Mike, I work seven jobs and I can't get to sleep. And I only have five hours to sleep and that's, I can't control that because I need to pay the bills and I'm working so much. And I get it. Trust me. I understand. Uh, you're talking to somebody who spent years of his life bartending until 2 a.m., getting home at like 2.30 and then having to train a group of clients. Shout out to my 3D girls who were there at 5 a.m. while I was cursing you out every single day, right? So I would go get home from the bar, 2.30 a.m., I would sleep for maybe an hour and a half, and then I would wake up and I would go to the gym and I would train clients all morning. I didn't have control over that. I needed to make a living. I needed to pay bills. I didn't have control. I had to hustle. I had to do what I had to do. I get it. I've been there. But you have a choice. You can either be the victim of your circumstance, 
or you can focus on what you can control. It's very easy to say, oh, I don't have any control and woe is me. Or you can look at it and say, what can I control? You can maybe control the quality of your sleep, right? There's certain stressors that can't be removed, but some of them can be mitigated. And there's also things that you can do to fill your bucket or charge your body, right? There's drains and charges, just like your phone. There are certain things that you need to use your phone for that you can't remove, but you can also charge your phone so that it helps. So you can do things like journaling and reading and walking and meditating. Self-care can happen to charge your battery. Sleep quality can be focused on. That can be a goal. I can only get five hours of sleep, but I'm going to make this the best quality five hours. So can you have a wind down routine? Can you keep your room pitch black and really cool at night? Can you avoid blue lights before bed or at least get some blue light blocking glasses? Can you do things to calm your mind? Do a brain dump before you get into bed. If you don't like to journal, do a voice memo. Just get everything out of your head. Get yourself a quality sleep product. We happen to have one of those. You go to our website, go to neurotypetraining.com, look at our sleep product. It will change your life. It is important to understand that there are always things you can do, always things you can do. So a lot of these things go hand in hand. When you are chronically dieting, the stress will impact your sleep. You will struggle to sleep by always trying to lose fat. Not only are you creating a stressful environment, but you're also creating this negative feedback loop where the stressful environment increases, uh, increases your likelihood of disrupted sleep and poor sleep quality, increases the likelihood of nutritional inconsistencies and inflammation and more stress, and you're in this negative feedback loop. So guess what? You might have to consider the opposite approach. You might have to lose fat by not focusing on losing fat. And again, the biggest challenge will always be your mindset. Can you buy in? Can you commit? Can you draw the line in the sand and say, you know what? All the shit that I've been doing has not worked. I am ready for a change. I am ready for something different. This is what we do. Our coaching program, we take people who have been dieting unsuccessfully and we get them the results that they've been craving for a long ass time. We have a client, Jill. Shout out, Jill, if you're listening. Jill was struggling for years, frustrated, defeated, skeptical as hell. She's been on our program two and a half weeks and she's down 10 pounds. You know how significant that is for somebody who came in feeling like nothing would ever work based off of history, based off of all the shit that she's tried in the past, feeling like nothing will ever work for me, for that individual in two and a half weeks to see that kind of progress. Now, I'm not saying that every client that joins our program loses 10 pounds in two and a half weeks. But guess what? You will see very quickly the difference in an appropriate approach for you as an individual versus all of the shit that you've tried. Once you start to see the power of implementing our neurotype principles, understanding your personality, the best macro ratios for you, certain foods that will help you feel your best, we understand what your body will respond to, priming your metabolism so your body stops fighting against you. We need your body to feel safe 
to lose body fat. I had a former client who reached out to me and she's also a coach. And she was talking about her struggle with stress and was so surprised that like when stress got really high and her body just fought back and she wasn't able to lose any fat. And we talked about go the opposite way, get your calories up, take care of your metabolism, prioritize self-care and stress relief. And it was like a light bulb moment. It's like, I know I, that's, that's the direction. So we prime your metabolism. So your body actually responds. And then the last thing we do is we make sure that this is appropriate for the rest of your life. Integrating everything into your lifestyle. We want you to maintain your results forever. We also want you to have fun. So like be able to enjoy yourself, be able to live life on your terms while still achieving your goals. Of course, it takes sacrifice, but you should be able to enjoy yourself and eat the fucking donut when you want the donut without stressing or obsessing. That is what we give to you if you're willing to make that commitment in, your, in yourself and that investment in yourself. That's what we give to our clients. On average, our clients typically lose an average of 20 to 30 pounds in six months. That's our one-on-one coaching program. It's a six-month program. And I say on average because inevitably I'll get somebody who reaches out and they're like, well, you said on average 20 to 30 pounds, but I only have 10 to lose. And I'm like, that's why it's an average. We have some clients who want to go from lean to leaner, which we're really good at. We have some clients who have more than 30 pounds to lose, which we're really good at. We've had clients lose 50, 80, 100 plus pounds. The process works because it is solely based on you. I can confidently say that there is nothing else out there that is superior when it comes to true personalization and individualization. And if you're in a place where you're frustrated with your current results and you feel a little bit directionless and you feel like you don't have the accountability and support that you need, or you're in a program that's not really something you can see yourself doing forever, just reach out, go to neurotypetraining.com slash apply, fill out the application, at least do yourself a favor and take that one step, see if it's a good fit. We'll have an honest conversation. We'll see if we can help. If we can, then we'll officially welcome you into the program. But most importantly, I really want you to go back and listen to the three things on how to lose fat without prioritizing fat loss. It'll change your life. If nothing else, take that away and apply it to yourself. And I will talk to you guys very soon.